built on the hard-hitting opinions of two guys plastering their thoughts on the web. Go ahead and go. That'll do it. Well, I can definitely see you're uh, making noise. Um, From a secret location far north of the Arctic Circle where the drones can't operate. So we're told by the land developers. Think I can hear me? Can you think you can hear you? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You think you can? Actually. I can hear me. I can hear you too. Maybe schizophrenic. I might just be hearing voices in my head, but. Well, aren't those the same thing, though? With blog posts and podcasts made to fit the space allotted. Test. Test. Oh, I definitely heard you that time. Test. Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. That's good. I think we'll just call that good. Led by a man with a voice for silent films and a face for radio. This is the Rambling Devil Podcast, Season 4. Today on the Rambling Devil Podcast, we are going to talk about the State of the Union Address. Sure, we're about a week late, but, you know, we have a set schedule that we do things on, and we really can't be inconvenienced in our schedules and the way our day runs by, you know, (laughs) world events and stuff, you know. Might touch over some other stuff, given the name of the the show that, that kind of fits. So, anyway, sit back and relax, and, uh... Yeah, K-Dog and I are going to talk about the SOTU address by Benedict Biden. So what a delegate does is I get to vote on who's going to represent the the party. So like when the governor's people go up, you know, the state here uh, in April, I will be one of the people casting a vote to decide who is going to actually run for that slot, Hmm. who's going to run for governor for the Republican Party. That is what a delegate does. See, I did this the wrong way. Should have become a delegate for the Democratic Party. <laughs> I get to control who gets to be voted on. Nah. That, it's like that game you were talking about. It's not chess. Oh, it's about, go. It's about territory you own. <laughs> Can't be an effective Democratic Party if everybody running in it is a conservative. That's true. Wouldn't work very well now, would it? Why the heck is mine not working? Why Two steps ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I think I did something to this. I don't know what this is playing back. No, 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 it sounds like it's working pretty good. Oh, you're hearing stuff fine? But why the hell am I not hearing stuff all of a sudden? Did I just totally screw everything up? Or am I just, uh, oh, no, I can hear stuff. I can hear stuff now. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. Maybe I'm just dove. Potentially both. Maybe. So, the thing that I was talking about earlier with regards to, I discovered something sort of funny, be a great little intro. Yeah. All right. So, I want you to listen to this really quick. All right. Ready? Yep. What does it sound like? I don't know. Plastic? It kind of sounds like a duck call to me. No. It says, it does to me because I'm an Not, educated group. That was the most unduck-like sound that I've ever heard. Well, anyways, it sounds like a duck call to me. Okay. And so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, okay, this, all I have is my ring, which, you know, is $100, but it's a lifelong thing. I get to keep it forever kind of deal. And then a Skippy jar. Right? And I was like, how expensive is a duck call? So I looked it up. And a duck call, like a cheap one, is about 30 bucks. This Skippy jar was $2.63. What's your point? For a tenth of the money, I can get a... No. That's nowhere near loud enough. You have yourself a $100 ring and a $2 peanut butter jar, and that's about all you have. (laughs) You can spin that peanut butter jar all you want, and you will not get any ducks. 
I won't say hold my beer because I don't really like the idea. I don't really want to go duck hunting anyways. Oh, I do it all the time. Yes, yeah. I, it's a terrible hobby. A terrible hobby? Yeah, I wake up early. I don't do anything. I don't shoot anything. All I do is burn gas. <laughs> Every year I spend more money on it. This is true. This is true. And with the way gas prices are going right now, not exactly something yeah, you want that, to be doing. Yeah, that fired me up. Yeah, so did you actually did you actually listen to the so I listened to about how far do they actually get? Because the first half an hour I watched was just waiting for it to start. I probably got 45 minutes into it. Okay, because so it was an hour and three minutes long. Did you at least get to the point where he was talking about the Second Amendment and gun laws and all that stuff? I didn't see that part. <sighs> okay. That it kind of, I got it. I got kind of, we'll say I got triggered. No pun intended. Yeah, there was only, I was kind of tuning up. I was so fucking mad. Well, the state of Ukraine address. <laughs> that too. But there was some stuff that you talked about that I, uh, I took issue with, you know. All of it? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> the, the counter to that video is just to play the video again. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But uh, I w- one thing I will say, I am impressed. He didn't shit himself. He didn't stutter near as much as I anticipated that he would. We stand in solidarity with the Iranian people. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> yeah, the whole, uh, yeah, when he mentioned the Iranians, that, that kind of. Strange, because like, we're trying to buy oil from <laughs> Hmm. Anybody that says that my administration has done anything to harm domestic energy production is simply not true. (laughs) Meanwhile, gas prices continue to move up. (laughs) And the number of U.S. pipelines begins to go down. Yeah. And yeah. so anyways, there's a lot of things that he was talking about that I took issue with. And um, it's a lot of the similar talking points that they always hit on. Uh, The prescription drugs thing was one of the big ones, I think. First thing I did was get away with Trump's insulin policy so we can jack the price up so when I lower him, it was my idea. <laughs> well, is it? Yes. But when he brought out the like he brought out that kid, right? And why is it always type 1 diabetes that they talk about? No idea. Because type 1 diabetes, for all intents and purposes, doesn't have a cure. There's no way to get rid of it. Right? If it's type 2 diabetes, get less fat, eat better food. And... Oh, well, yeah, you're talking about genetic diabetes. Yeah, but ev- I've even heard anecdotal evidence and stories of people who have altered their lifestyles and their eating habits and stuff like that and actually managed to, like, get off insulin on type 1 diabetes. So even type 1 diabetes, I think you can deal with in other ways, right? And this is not saying that all type 1 diabetes would, be, diabetes would be like this, you know. I'm just saying, like, there might be other ways to combat it. Okay, so if you can get rid of the vast number of people who have diabetes and need insulin in the first place, you're going to reduce the amount of people in the market who need insulin. And when you reduce the number of people who need that certain product, well, the price is going to go up, right? Now, this is not to say that um, people should be paying out the nose to live for a genetic disability that they have. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's very interesting that he goes directly to type 1 diabetes. He doesn't go to, like, type 2 diabetes or something else that has, you know... Because that's a whole other market share that he doesn't <laughs> want to alienate. Well, it's not just that. But it's kind of like when we were doing this whole pandemic thing. How often do they talk about, you know, well, some of the things you can do to uh, prevent yourself from dying via coronavirus is uh, not be fat. You know, market not share. be unhealthy. A patient cured is a customer lost. Exactly. That's you don't understand the the, the business model. I understand the business model. <laughs> this isn't about helping people. This is about money. And that's this the thing. It's a money racket. That's, that's why there's no cure for cancer. They make too much money. And that was kind of where I was going to be going with this. Is a lot of the stuff he was talking about 
was about, you know, getting people involved in the economy, making money, right? And everything's talking about making money, making money. And to a degree, it makes sense because what do you need in order to pay the bills? Pay your taxes. What do you need in order to give Ukraine $14 billion in foreign aid? Exactly. More money. (laughs) Right? And why why the push for the $15 minimum minimum wage? That way they can charge $5 a gallon for gas. Well, that maybe. But also, you know, the more money people who are making money have jobs, the bigger your tax base is. The more people who are spending money, the more sales tax you're going to rake in, right? Like, there's a lot of reasons why you would want to have people making more money. Because the taxes are not just going to stay with the rich. It's going to eventually come down. Taxes is trickled down for sure. The income tax was originally supposed to be on, like, the top 1%. Name somebody who doesn't pay income tax now. The top 1%. <laughs> we got it! <laughs> Yeah, all the Son people, all the people who uh, they complain about, you know, evading taxes, wrote the tax codes. Well, it's like everybody that complains about Elon Musk having too much money now, all of a sudden wants everyone to buy a Tesla. So, oh, exactly. You know, don't like five dollar a gallon <laughs> gas? Buy a fifty thousand dollar car, bigot. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, sickening. It's ridiculous. It's kind of dumb. You know, and so a lot of it came down to that. You know, and like getting women into the in the why do we, why do they want women in the job market? Equality. It's not equality. It's never equality. It's more people in the workplace. It's more people in the workplace. Also, if mom and dad are both working, then they can mind fuck the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Because they were talking about, like, what was it? I can't remember how he worded it, but I ended up pausing the thing because we watched it after the fact, not during. And I, uh, I just said to my wife, no, fact check. What you need is you need a two-parent household with one parent bring bringing in the income for the entire family and the other one stays home with the kids. That is how you solve this whole, you know, women needing money issue, you know? Seems like Afghanistan solved that problem in a completely different fashion. They did. They <laughs> did. They did very well in a way. I don't I don't condone their methods, but, you know, it worked, I guess, you know? <laughs> if it works, it wasn't stupid. <laughs> Somehow oh, it's a misapplicable quote. One of these days, we're going to be so banned from the internet. Every day, I just step up, kick up another notch in the offensive category. He has been. He has been. But no, like, everything seemed to come back to, you know, we need to get more people involved in the workforce and such like that, you know? And I can agree with it to a degree. Like, I don't really think that people should just focus on being useless, you know? But not all value, not all use comes with a paycheck and taxable income true you know like as an example you know mothers staying at home with their children right to like raise them or even if it's the mom who's at work and the dad is staying home with the children and raising them like the value being provided by that parent that is staying home is in what they're doing to create a future for the country as a whole you know and we don't put enough emphasis and what's the word i'm looking for we don't cherish that as a society. That's anymore. because gender roles are tools of the patriarchy. <laughs> well, you know, this is sound really shitty, and I'm I'm almost sorry. You know, you might you might have caught me today when I'm almost sorry. Uh, but the patriarchy has done some good shit, especially when you think about women. Like, the patriarchy established women and children first, as in they get on the lifeboats and the men sink to the bottom of the ocean with the ship. <laughs> Speaking of that, I just saw a video, I think it's like a Vine or a TikTok, whatever the hell it was, and it's like, 
Why do women and children the first ones evacuated during a disaster? So that way the men can think of a solution in silence. <laughs> and this chick's face was just like, what? Like, I would be so useful in a disaster. <laughs> it's like, damn, you got burned. <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. But it's not necessarily in the, uh, the in silence thing. What I mean to say is, if you look back through history, right, it's generally fallen on the men to have to solve the problem, you know? Like, very rarely do you see women, like, taking up swords and shields to go run off and battle the guys who are running into the town to, like, rape and pillage. Generally, they're scooping up the kids and running in the opposite direction, and it's the men who are going out and valiantly sacrificing themselves for the, for the townsfolk, right? Generally speaking. Now, this is not to say that some women wouldn't do it, but historically speaking, women have just have not been the ones to, like, go running willy-nilly into combat. Yeah, debatable. Hillary Clinton said that women were most disproportionately affected by war. Well, of course she does. She, of course she does, for two reasons. One, politics. Two, she has a vagina. And three, because she was under sniper fire in Bosnia. Very silent sniper fire. <laughs> Sounded a lot like, you know, wind in airplanes. <laughs> Rotor wash. I was surprised at how, how deadly that sounded. You know, having never been under fire myself. <laughs> sounds just, just like they're shooting at us. <laughs> it's kind of like a oh, Top Gun. You've seen Top Gun, right? Yeah. Not Top Gun. I'm sorry, uh, Hot Shots, the parody of Top Gun. With first one, yeah, where he's fighting Saddam Hussein with a lightsaber. <laughs> no, that's the second one. Oh, the first one has Le- Leslie Nielsen. I think Leslie Nielsen's in that scene too, where he's fighting with a lightsaber. But there's a scene in the first <clears> one where Leslie Nielsen. Is it Nielsen? I can't remember the guy's name. I probably skewered the actor's name really, really bad. But he's getting ready to walk down these stairs to go meet up with a couple of guys, and he slips and falls. He gets up and he's like, do you see that? It was a crab. There's two of them. They work in pairs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? You know, the whole idea of, like, blaming something else for what's going on. I totally don't know where I was going with that. I lost my my track of thought. That's because Russia's to blame. Yeah, we'll blame Russia. Blame Russia. What do you got to say about gas prices? Going to go up. Can't also, do much about it. Russia. <laughs> yeah, Russia. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, the worst thing about all this this whole Ukraine thing, and I think that he, did, he obviously didn't talk about, was that it could have been prevented. The whole thing could have been prevented. I really do believe that. And it could have been prevented, like, we've talked about it in our previous episode, I think, with regards to whole, like, you know, put a mule in there on training and just rotate the sucker out. They do. No, I'm saying in Ukraine. Yeah, they do. Training in the front lines. Like right now? No, I'm saying like when Russia's getting ready to start to build up, you put a Mew Yeah, they were doing that. Had a Mew in the front lines? They were doing a lot of training in Ukraine. Well, I'm saying like you have them in there as like a shield. Because Russia doesn't want to embroil the United States in this. We don't have any real treaties with Ukraine, so we can't come to their aid or whatever the case may be. But if we're doing training there and we have soldiers in, in, you know, parallel being shot up, that might cause Putin to think twice. Because once he starts murdering American citizens, like soldiers and Marines and stuff like that, well, then he has a problem because we're not just going to take that line down. I saw pictures of guys there in 2021, so I don't know when they left. Well, probably as soon as they realized that there was, you know, they were getting a mass and attack. You know, put on a good face until it's time to do something and then run away like cowards. That's the Democrat way of doing things. Well, it's funny, though, too, because like, somebody in Congress is like, oh, we really kind of got to see about getting a hold of our bio labs again. And it's like, hold up, what? <laughs> well, yeah, and, like, I love how it went from, I saw, I saw a meme today on Mines 
you know, it's like, well, that was the quickest something went from <clears throat> conspiracy theory to fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so I saw that like the very first day it happened. Like they're they're nuke or they're striking these bio labs. I'm like, okay, that just maybe. And now you see somebody on the committee like, oh, we kind of want to protect that. And it's like, oh, what did we get ourselves into this time? Well, see, and that's why I think this this whole Ukraine thing is such a, is such a big deal. Like some uh, some CNN or MSNBC talking head was talking about uh, on Trevor Noah, you know, the great and glorious Trevor Noah. Was talking about how the only reason we're paying attention to Ukraine is because a whole bunch of white people being killed by white people. No, the reason we're not paying attention to Yemen is because Yemen doesn't have nukes, right? They also we don't... only pay attention to what the mainstream media plays. That's another thing, you too. know, because nobody nobody cared about you know carpet bombing Yemen. All the all the special ops were running in Africa, fighting African militant groups. I think they were sending reservists down to go do active combat in South America because they can deploy them wherever they want without telling anyone. Mm-hmm. No, and I I agree. Like they, they, The only reason that we're worried about Ukraine is because the media keeps hammering us with Ukraine. Which, which is why we should look the opposite direction. Which, again, yeah, I agree. Which is one of those things like, okay, what are they, what are they trying to obfuscate? What are they not yeah. want us to see? Because it's not like, here's a little news flash, we'll talk about it, move it to the next step. It's just 24-7 coverage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, know, you can fill volumes with what's not being covered on the news. Oh, I agree. You know, Now, granted, some of the stuff coming out of Ukraine is you know, like, not only just heartbreaking, but some of it's just like, holy crap. You know, like some of the, the vi- there was a video that came out, I saw today, of a Russian tank column just getting smoked by artillery fire. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's like, geez, do you guys know what dispersion is? <laughs> Well, that's why the motor pool, they want them all covered in the line. <laughs> Easier to bracket that way. <laughs> well, I know the tank is 20, 25 feet across, so I can do my math really easily. And I can figure out where I need to put the round. Helps me adjust. I had one tank, right, one tank. <laughs> Pretty much. But no, like, like some of the stuff, the stuff that's coming out of Ukraine, it, it is heartbreaking. There's a lot of stuff that makes you just go, oh, my God, this really stinks. Like, you know, video of a mass grave that they were filling up in Kharkiv, I think it was, or no. Uh, it was one of the cities that's under siege, you know. All civilians were caught by artillery fire and stuff like that. You know, and it, it sucks. It that's, really does. That's where I like when, when stuff like that happens where it's really sensational. Cause I, I always, nowadays, I just, it's got to be something else. I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody was saying that a lot of that footage of the mass graves was repurposed film coming from Bosnia in the 90s. I don't know about that. I didn't see this video, but some of that stuff, yeah, it's like, look at this, and then somebody else comes out like, no, this is is taken, you know, 30 years ago. The reason I say that is because the video is too clear. It's too crisp. Yeah, I don't know which one you saw. There's a difference between 90s cameras and nowadays cameras, and nowadays cameras are just... There's a different level of video you yeah. get. And so I can say with that, I feel pretty confident this is from Ukraine, you know? And given how the Russians are kind of... I got to show you the laser pig thing. This is hilarious. The laser pig Russian loop. It's great. <laughs> I'm gonna, That I'm going to have to link. Because that is... He's very vulgar. Um, I don't think we necessarily agree with a lot of his politics. But boy, howdy, does this guy do a really interesting teardown of stuff. I, like... I will, uh, how do I put it? I will say that I probably don't like the A-10 as much as I used to after watching his video on the A-10. Hmm. Two-part series on why the A-10 sucks. It's an outdated aircraft. 
Well, it's not just that, but there's a lot of other things that factor into it. And he goes, he gets really in depth on why these things are a problem. And it's really interesting. And it makes you think and go, maybe I was wrong. Okay. Did the same thing with the T34. It's epic. <laughs> it's straight up epic. Speaking of stuff like that, though, too, I saw another video. I guess, part speaking of like bracketing artillery fire and whatnot, supposedly the Russians are using kind of these crowd work platforms where it's kind of like the the random chore list, kind of like DoorDash, where you can just log on to an app and go do something and they'll send you money. So now they're paying people to go pick up like IR strobes and mark targets. <laughs> and people just move it and then they get paid. Well, no, it's flashing an IR beacon and that's where they drop their ordinance. <laughs> so people are like, yeah, they've got night vision footage coming from some of these cities and there's strobes everywhere. And they're like, we're going to find these motherfuckers. We're going to kill them. <laughs> Selling everybody out like that. And it was for like three or four dollars. <laughs> They're just gonna go do this random task and it's like do you really know what you're doing? <laughs> well, I think so. it's kinda of funny about the whole thing though, is uh and, and laser peg actually brings it up. And it's his laser his I'm gonna link this video and you're gonna have to watch it after we get done here because it is really good. But he's basically talking about how one of the things that is really him like being a pain in the ass to the Russians is uh they failed to establish air superiority, they failed to knock out the cell phone towers. Like, they fail to do all this stuff at the very onset, right? And so when you have a whole bunch of cell phone towers and you have a whole bunch of people who are like, get the hell out of my land, what are they going to do? Yeah. They can take pictures and they can email it to the to their local representatives or the military or something like that. The military's like, oh, here's where the tanks are. And they just drop some rounds on them. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's how simple this is. Well, and that and somebody was saying, too, that they're actually able to geotag a lot of these people just from their cell phones. You know, like Snapchat, there's a map. If you have your location on, I can pull it up and see where you were within the last couple minutes, whatever you last updated. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, see, think about it from the Ukrainian perspective. <clears throat> right? A Ukrainian citizen takes a geotagged picture of a tank. Yeah. Right? Sends it. Doesn't have to put any information other than that. Walks away. Gets to the Ukrainian minister. Minister, they're like, oh, okay. And they ship this off to the artillery guys. The other guys are like, okay. Boom. <laughs> like... Uh that's kind of the the weird. This is the first like twenty first century war. Yeah, in a way it is, and it's being fought by a country that sucks at this. <laughs> like meme pages, <laughs> they're very good at memes. They really suck at combined arms. <clears throat> yeah, I just kind of laugh at that. Where it's just like, what the hell? Somebody was saying too, like Grinder, the gay dating app, is giving people a lot of information. They're like catfishing people. I see. That sounds uh, different, I guess. Yeah, well, they'll just go on there and add people, and then they start talking, and people just, you know, loose lips sink ships. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Adjusting the volume on yours. I was looking down at you, and you're actually louder than me today, which is kind of weird. But anyways, but no, like, uh, I can see that. I really can. But anyways, getting back to the whole SOTU, you know. And so, like, it was weird, random-ass tangent. That's okay. A little bit. A little bit. But... Anyways, they start. They did the, the normal talking points, you know, getting women into the economy and making them do men things because that seems to be the uh, the most important thing that feminists can do. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a true feminist, you have to be more like a man. You know, like George Collins said it best. You know, like the best thing that like, feminists can aspire <clears throat> to be is like putting on man tailored suits and doing male jobs. Like, is this the best you can do? You know. And then you want to say that men have screwed the world up and you want to emulate them? I mean, come on. Strange. 
apply a couple brain cells, just two, just two. No. Rub them together really fast and get a spark. You know, like I, I will appreciate it. You will too. <laughs> kind of deal. But uh, then they went on. Then he moves on to uh, God. What else was he talking about? All the normal talking points, like gas prices. I think remember him mentioning that. I really should have wrote down a bunch of talking points while I was sitting there with my wife, but I was getting too frustrated. Yeah. Right. And then Second Amendment. He came into the Second Amendment, and he said the standard things that people always say about the Second Amendment, and it drives me freaking bananas. You know, who needs a who needs a thirty magazine clip? What is the the deer have Kevlar or something? Um, He's brave Ukrainian. <laughs> um, I don't know if Joe Biden can read. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Benedict Biden bit. can't actually, because last I checked, you know, and it's been a while since I've read the the amendment, you know, straight on. You know, uh, I don't remember it mentioning deer or hunting or sport shooting or anything along those lines. Seemed to me to be about uh, war. Yeah, that. Killing people, you know, like fighting an insurgency for all intents and purposes. And right now they're busy, you know, all the brave Ukrainians who are rising up and fighting off a tyrannical government. Can we do that? No. Yeah, watching a bunch of people that have no more combat training than anybody else. (laughs) It's like blowing up tanks and killing a lot of soldiers. And it's like. You need tanks and nukes, and it's like, look at Ukraine. <laughs> it can happen to you too. <laughs> yeah, see what's going on over there? See that? See that? Yeah, this this is what we're talking about. Now imagine, imagine if you will, that um, the Ukrainians had eighty million armed people. Granted, there's only forty million Ukrainians, but let's let's make it a round a round estimate of a what? What's a third of that? Roughly 16, 16 million people. Let's say they had sixteen million legally armed citizens. You know, who had all sorts of cool toys, you know, like say AK 47s or AR 15s or, you know, M2 Browning machine guns or whatever. You know, heck, let's, let's just keep it with like AR 15s and AK 47s, right? And they did a lot of regular, regular shooting. And they were actually proficient marksmen. How much different would this be right now? Yeah. Like the Russians would have been curb stomped. The 290,000 people they would, well, that's only 200, like 190,000 they said they have in the country right now. Those 190,000 would be getting swamped. It would be done. You know, Ukraine would be sort of sitting there pounding their chest, going, like, What? What? What you gonna Just do? Angry gorilla. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. You know, like, that's what the Second Amendment is for. That is the purpose of it. You know, and even if the main force managed to get in deeper, and they, pre- they actually turn out to be decent at what they did and could do combined arms, they can't. You know? Like, now they got to worry about their backfield. And when you have to worry about your backfield, you have to put forces in the back, which means you're having less stuff going forward, which means they're getting a drive on Kiev to try to do house-to-house combat inside of a city. Uh, they're going to have less people to do it with. And less resources. And less resources. And they're, they're already suffering with those kinds of things. Like, they can't even keep their supply chain up. Like, their supply chain's falling apart. They don't have the morale. They don't have the training. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I used to think the, the bear was kind of dangerous. I'm now thinking the bear is actually kind of like, you know, maybe a pussycat. Yeah. You know, a pussycat with some big-ass claws in the form of nukes. And that's the concern. You know, it's not what the Russian army can do. It's what the Russian Internetal, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Force can do. Yeah. You don't have to hit with that. 
<laughs> to be de- to make problems. Detonated in the atmosphere. <laughs> detonated in the atmosphere. Drop. I mean, there's there's been a. Uh, Laser Pig has been, was talking and he was saying that uh, it looks like they were aiming at one, like a building over here, and somehow they hit a building a mile away with their, you know, smart weapons. Okay, so if, if that's the level of accuracy with their smart weapons, we can we can assume they'd aim for like, you know, Chicago and hit, I don't know, Molina, Illinois or something, a lot farther away. Maybe they hit Chicago, but they're not going to hit the exact spot in Chicago they want. So... But still, you're talking about nukes, which have a much, uh, what's the word? Broader range. I'm thinking more lines of like, you know, you can be a little less, a little more sloppy with them and still get pretty good results. Yeah. You know? Like, if we would have dropped the bomb on Hiroshima but missed the center by about half a mile, I don't think it would have mattered that much. <laughs> Same net effect. Same net effect. You know? So that's what we're looking at. And... That is why we have the Second Amendment. It's so that when a tyrannical government or tyrannical force tries to overrun us, they can't. That's the point. It's not about protecting yourself from criminals. It's not about going and smoking a deer. It's not about, you know, shooting ducks. <laughs> it's not about that. You know, it's it really is about shooting men in the theater of battle. You know? And every like he started talking about like you know the deer not having not having Kevin I was just like you gotta be fucking kidding me, because he sits in a position of authority, and there are people who look up to him, and he spouts that bullshit, and then people, well, man, he's right. The deer don't have Kevlar. Why do we need assault weapons? Sheep, sheep to the slaughter. That's all you are. <sighs> Enough of that, I guess. <laughs> We're good. Sort of. Blood pressure still way too high, but Yeah. It could be worse, I guess. You know, you could decide to go on like uh but did you go to your no, you probably didn't. Your local uh the Brown County Convention or whatever. For what? For Republicans? No. Didn't know they had one. Yeah, they generally have one every single election cycle. You know, it's something to get involved in. And that's I think that's where I want to go next with this. Is uh we sit and we bitch and complain a lot. Like a lot. We just we just bitched for like, you know, thirty minutes. Minus me talking about my amazing invention, the Skippy Duck Call. It's amazing. Just one ninety-nine dollar ring. Daffy at best. Daffy at best. <laughs> Anyways, um, but we we do bitch a lot, and you see a lot of people bitching. Like, here's the things we need to change, whatever the case may be. But very rarely do people actually take action. You know, and I say very rarely because we don't necessarily hear about what people what action people's actions people are taking in order to affect change unless they're crazy zealots on the left right fair point but one thing i saw and it was really interesting uh quote i I think i saw this one of mine's too was talking about how real radicals don't go out and broadcast that they're radicals they sit quietly and get involved right they get in the boardrooms they get in the you know the schools whatever the case may be and they get involved and they start making changes you know and that's kind of what we got to do you know i don't like the idea of going to war in this country i really don't i think it's a stupid idea to for when people say well, we need a civil war we'll clean this up real fast no it won't it will not clear up anything real fast it'll frack everything up better than you've ever realized really fast really really fast it'll be bad it'll be bad on the levels that i don't think people really fully understand 
people look at Ukraine and like, oh my God, this is terrible. That's nothing. That is nothing. Because the moment we have a civil war, and we've talked about this before too, it's going to have a cascading effect all around the world. Yeah. Because we'll have to pull back and deal with ourselves. And the moment we do that, a whole lot of people are going to say, I have an option. I have an opportunity yeah, here. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more wolves to mm-hmm. keep away. Exactly. You know, we do a lot on the world stage to make sure that things remain kind of, kind of nice. As far as like, you know, nukes not flying, major, huge super wars happening. You know, because China and India keep looking at each other like they want to beat each other to death. China wants Taiwan. You know, I bet if China could take on Japan, they probably would. You know, there's a lot of things that, that could happen. And it's us that stops it. So, yes, maybe maybe it would solve our problems here in the United States within like a year or two. But then when we got done, we'd look around the world and realize we have a much bigger yeah, problem to deal with. Really fucked. It would be. It would be. One step forward and two steps back, really. Exactly. So I think the best way that we can make changes, the best way that we can actually like affect what's going on is we have to get involved. Now, I understand people like to talk about how, you know, we need to get a, we need to elect a better president. Okay, it's fine. But being as I'm not an authoritarian douche, douche pickle, as I try not to be, I don't like the idea of shoving everything from the top down. Work organically from the bottom up. You know, what does this mean for you? This means for you, you should be going to like, you know, your Republican conventions or whatever. You should figure out where your BPOUs are and you should go and you should show up. Start showing up. Like when I showed up to the BPOU the first time, it was me, buddy Chris and his wife, right? And we were the youngest people in the room by far. I'm not even kidding you. And I'm almost 40. <laughs> He's already 40. You know, and everybody else is minimum in their late 50s. Now, that's a problem. That really is a problem. And that's not to say that there aren't young Republicans or there aren't young people getting involved. But what it is to say is that our generation is dropping the ball and we need to get involved. We need to start doing shit. You know, you think that the schools are messed up? Get on a school board. Run. Show up at the school board meetings. Be a pest. Ask questions. Bring up points. They can't ignore you forever. But they will try. Oh, they will try. They'll most definitely try until you vote them out. Then you get somebody in there who won't ignore you. That's what needs to happen. We need to get involved. You know, and it has to start as soon as possible. Like, you know, three years ago. You know, it can't be the cult of a personality that gets people active. We cannot rely on a Trump to get us places. We can't rely on a Biden. We can't rely on an Ocasio-Cortez. We get, we have to do it because we know it's what needs to be done. That's what I think is the solution to this. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I think so. I think it is. Unfortunately, it does take time and it does take effort. And it does take, you know, getting outside of your comfort zones. It's really easy to go to work, work, come home, and ignore the rest of the world. When you look at around the the country, and the vast majority of people do that, you know, we can't afford that anymore. You know, so that may mean volunteering with your BPOUs, doing some door knocking, going door to door, talking to people about the issues, you know, selling them on candidates. You know, like the only way we win is by getting out there. That's how we won World War Two. I didn't see a single person on those, uh, 
and those pictures from Normandy, you know, who was sitting, like, eating eclairs in the battleship. The people who, did, who got it, went out and did the work accomplished shit. <laughs> different method. Different thought process. Different method, but different thought process. Same general idea, right? And uh, also when you show up these things, you know, like, like I'm a, I'm a delegate now. So I'm hoping to sort of turn that into a couple, two or three interviews. I want to sit down with some of the candidates and actually have a one-on-one discussion with them, you know, for the podcast and broadcast that out to help spread their message and get them get their stuff. Plus, it allows me to sort of become educated on who it is that's running so I know where to place my support. Right? That'd be the way to do it. Yeah, and that's what you should be doing. Here I'm busy trying to tell K-Dog how exactly it is he needs to fix the problem. No. <laughs> I'm going to be the problem. No, you're not. But no, like, so that's that's what I'm going to try to do. I don't know how else going to work. You know, just being like, I'm a state delegate and I'd like to interview for my podcast. They're probably like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I record in my basement. <laughs> I record in my basement. My my podcast studio is so awesome, I can bring it to you. <laughs> yeah, come on in. It's right down here. Flips exposed. switch. <laughs> Yeah, this is safe. It's totally legit. Don't worry about it. But no, like, because like I said, at the, very, at the bare minimum, at least then they're getting their voices out there. They're getting to say something, you know. And at this level, like, for like CD1, where we're in, it's not a whole lot of territory. You know, we got, we're getting followers on the on the Facebook page and stuff like that. So they just repost it, you know. And they get a chance to, like, be asked questions by an actual delegate like i think that's something that could help so i'm gonna try for it i don't see getting very far but i'm gonna try for it shoot for the moon you land on uranus no 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 no, no, no. the idea behind well you might think of a different quote i don't know mine goes uh the guy who shoots for the moon will go farther than the man who shoots for his backyard potentially he will he will Unless the guy is like, shoots for his backyard, it succeeds. Shoots for the neighbor's backyard, succeeds. Shoots for the neighbor's backyard, succeeds. Guy shoots for the moon, lands in his backyard. I quit. Then yes. <laughs> but generally speaking, the person who shoots for the higher goal is going to get farther along than the other guy. Just the way it is. We'll see. Exactly. So. But have you been paying attention to any of the uh, local politics at all? Nope. No? This is something you shall have to remedy. No. Yes. The only remedy is half of these people dying off. Well, that is a remedy. It's not the remedy I propose. It'll happen in the next four to five years. <laughs> well, a lot of them are in their 80s and 90s. That is a problem. And that's another oh, thing, yeah. too. Like, Why do we keep electing ancient people? Because they've been around. We're aged he's been as... in politics for 50 years, and he's accomplished nothing. Age does not equal wisdom. Age does not equal wisdom. This time it'll be different. (laughs) No. Like, we really do politics in the way that Einstein warned us about doing anything. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Like, we have to do stuff differently. Monarchies. You know, an emperor might be something to shoot for. Better than shooting to be a state delegate. You'll go farther. (laughs) Quite possibly. 
<laughs> could at least land myself as a mayor of a small town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> wrong attitude, but I like the energy. <laughs> yes. No, so, anyways, that's my spiel about you know, getting involved. Which I highly suggest everyone who's listening to this do. Get involved. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. Like, just get involved. Right? Start actually looking at the delegates. At, looking at delegates. Looking at your candidates. Asking them serious questions. Being open to the idea that maybe the candidate you really like isn't the one that is actually the best fit for the job. Right? Try to see if they've got, I don't know, skeletons in their closet. Like, crack-dealing sons. You know? Stuff like that. Everybody has at least one sexual assault allegation once you run for any sort of public office. <laughs> Depends on how good you are, I guess. Yeah. If you're a complete total loser, eh, no. <laughs> you don't I'm just any. waiting for that, like, he raped me. I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had any sex in my entire life. <laughs> well, that just throws a wrench into it. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> yeah, some chip comes out, well, he raped me. I'm like, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. Dun dun dun, a tranny. <laughs> yeah, because oh, now we'll get shut down because runs, I said the T word. Yeah, but every time somebody runs for office, like sexual assault allegation from thirty years ago, I didn't want to speak up until he's running for office the week before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost too predictable. It is. Every, all this stuff is too predictable. It's always politics, all the time. And it was believe all women for a long time until somebody accused Biden. <laughs> I was like, eh. that's another thing. Um, with the so to address, getting back there, I guess he was talking about how you know, like we've we've beat COVID, and but we always have to be ready just in case it comes back, you know. And then it seems like right on cue, I was reading an, I re saw a headline today in the news, Delta Cron. Are you kidding me? Had enough of this shit. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> People start acting up, release the next variant. <laughs> They're not buying the Ukraine bullshit. Release another variant! <laughs> yeah, Biden's trying to go push us this great new stimulus package, a giant wooden rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That would actually be a hilarious meme. <laughs> but no. It's just... Sometimes they're too transparent. Too transparent. So if we all of a sudden have this Delta Cron spike, and all of a sudden, like, they're saying, oh, we need to mask up again, you'll know why. You'll know why the There's masks... There's something happening that you need to know about. It's not just that, but the masks went away just before the SOTU event. And then after the State of the Union, if they come back, you'll know why. Yeah. It's because they're trying to bump their numbers. They're trying to get some support. They're trying to make you feel happy. And then they're going to try to make you feel scared. So that way they can control everything you you do. That's that's the reason Big they're facts. doing it. Hmm? Big facts. Yeah, they are. Like, it's all about control and coercion. I hate it. It's annoying. And the only way you can defeat it, truly, I think, is to get involved at the lower levels. You know? Like, I'm not going to affect what Biden does by myself. Not with that attitude. But I can affect lower-level politicians. And I can affect school boards. Right? I can affect people around me. Now, if we all had that that idea, you're going to create a tidal wave from the bottom up. The president can't do a whole lot if every single state is red. But he will. But he can't. The Constitution is just a frail old document. 
Until it's not. Gotta get something better. (laughs) And see, like, I can see what you're saying, right? I really can. But the thing is, even if he wants to completely ignore the Constitution, right, he can't. And the reason I say that is because a whole lot of people would say, you can't do that. And though he may have, you know, say even had the, even if he had the military, what is he gonna do? Nuke the country? Yeah, can't. <laughs> can't. <laughs> it's like there's another meme that rolls around. I think is absolutely hilarious, and it's got that picture of the. Uh, it's the black guy leaning against the wall, like, uh, oh, you know. And it's like, hero or villain. I'm gonna destroy the world. Hero, where are you gonna live after you do that? Uh. <laughs> You know, it's that idea. That's what he wants. If I can't have it, no one will. I guess. Seems like a bad idea. Petty, but effective. Petty, but effective. Yeah, I don't really appreciate that. No, you don't have to. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That is a circumstance beyond your control. (laughs) Well, if he has the idea of, if I can't have it, no one can have it, then it's just a matter of, well, you don't get to exist then. Somebody's going to have it. Not before he hits the button. Not you. You know, don't make me tap the button. Tap the button. Tap it. Do it. Do it. I'm gonna take what's left. Nukes it twice. Well, and that's another thing too. Like, have you noticed? Uh, you pay, do you pay attention to the news at all? No, I don't watch that shit. Do you like scroll through Google or anything? I don't use Google. Huh. Well, the MSN feature on the computer. You don't have a computer. <laughs> like the news stuff. I failed to see the problem. <laughs> Well, I think the problem is you don't get to see trends. And it's not necessarily, you know, like, it's that idea of what are they not telling you versus what they're telling you, okay? Sometimes they're going to tell you things that you probably should be thinking about. And other times they're going to be telling you things that you shouldn't be thinking about to divert you away from another thing that you should be thinking about, right? As an example, um, was it the Pfizer documents for the... Yeah, that came out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. I'm tempted to sit down with my wife after Hyperion's tonight and maybe take a look. Well, she'll be asleep. Maybe after that tomorrow. But anyways, I do intend to look at that one and start looking up on what I managed not to have. <laughs> yeah, well, I like your, your sticker. That came... got that at the convention. See? Show up and you get cool stuff like that, too. I don't need stickers. Yeah, you do. No. Yes, you do. Nope. Yes. The more stickers you have, the merrier your life is. Although I have been very tempted to just, you know, buy boatloads of miniatures and bury myself in my basement and build stuff. No stickers required. No, but I wouldn't learn very much. But anyways, what I was talking about is you can look at the trends on, like, what's popping up in headlines. You know, and some of it's going to be driven uh, by what you're looking for because it's got an algorithm that's actually going to be trying to seek out news that you want to see, which is why I was able to get it to start skewing up a whole bunch of random, useless Hollywood bullshit because I needed to get away from the news, and so I was reading up on useless Hollywood bullshit. You know, movie lists and stuff like that. Well, anyways, one thing that I have seen pop up of its own accord without me having to like go and look for it is what is a nuclear war like? What can we expect from a nuclear war? How bad is a nuke? You know, how do you survive a nuclear attack? Get under your desk. Actually, it's a piece of plywood, I think, is what you need. Just a piece of plywood and a face mask. <laughs> Already there. Yeah, but no, like... I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff pop up, too. And I think it's relevant to be thinking about, especially given the fact that we have a nuclear armed power who's busy getting their asses kicked by a whole bunch of people in, you know, small country that they invaded. Just saying. <laughs> you know, 
Desperate men do desperate and stupid shit. And if we look at history, we see that play out time and time again. You know? And it leads to lots of suffering and stupid shit happening. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. Exactly. And so I think it is something that we need to be thinking about. You know, if you don't happen to have, you know, two or three weeks worth of food in your house, might be a good idea to do that. If you don't have a long-term plan on how you're going to survive without electricity, water, you know, transportation, you might want to start thinking about that. Just a little. Just a touch. You know, and for all you people who, you know, think you're going to Rambo it. You're not. No, you're not. It's not going to happen that way. You know, if you think you're going to stop a whole bunch of people from taking your house, no, it's not going to happen that way. You know, the only way that you're going to be able to hold what you got is if you have people, like-minded people with you who are going to hold it with you. Yeah. You know, and when it comes time, well, don't let up on the trigger. (laughs) Write it out. You know, like, if you're that guy who has, like, 20 guns and two magazines, I'm sorry, you're, you're done. Once you blow through, why don't you blow your wad on your twenty bullets, you know, because you probably live in California and you can only get two magazines of ten rounds each. Um, then somebody's going to take your nice collection of firearms from you. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to survive. <laughs> this is a win-win. <laughs> but no, like, what am I trying to say here? There's a lot of stuff that's involved with making these kinds of decisions and getting involved in these kinds of things. You know, whether it's being active in the political process to try to prevent the worst-case scenarios from happening or whether it's how you can, like, realistically survive a worst-case scenario. I did tell you about the guy who said he was going to basically, after everything fell apart, just go and start grabbing 50-foot um, tractor trailers. Yeah. And surround his entire farm yeah, site with 50 50- stop. Well, <laughs> and, like, I asked him, I was like, well, how are you going to get it? Well, we have a truck. Okay, how much gas do you have? He's like, well, we'll get gas. I'm like, dude. <laughs> and, okay, what are you going to do once you get all these tractors? Well, we'll have, we'll have a wall. And I'm like, I can climb over the wall. <laughs> How are you guys going to watch it? You know, it's like all these dumb things that he never thought about. You know, simple stuff. You know, so he's talking about, like, not just like a house. He's talking about surrounding an entire farm site. <laughs> they're not that heavily built. No, they're not. And you're not going to get them end to end. And even if you could, let's say you could, like, make yourself a solid wall of 53-foot, you know, tractor trailers. Um, How was he going to flip them? Not just that. How, say he figures all that other stuff out. Now it's, at this time, him, his wife, his dad, his mom, and his kids. How are you going to secure Easy. it? Easy day. <laughs> how are you going to secure it? You can't. There is no way. There's too much terrain for you to, for like that many people to tail. You can't worry. You, the kids are out of it. You cannot rely on the kids. Yeah. Okay. So they're out. So you have four people. One fire team's worth of people. Okay. For 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 degrees for at least 500 meters. <laughs> exactly. How are you going to do that on something that uh, I've seen the farm site, and we'll say that the farm site is probably about 300 yards to a side. How are you gonna do that? You're not. You're not. Like it takes three or four fire teams to secure a house, <laughs> and you're talking about like a, a small town's worth of area. Four people. With four people. Spec ops, dude. 
And then, and then, how are you going to survive? Like, sure, you've got your you get your wall, and you get your four people on, you know, twenty five percent fire watch all the time, all day, every day, you know. But how, somebody's got a farm. How are you going to farm? We don't have a tractor. Where's your gas? <laughs> no, seriously, where's your gas? Do you have a hoe? Yeah, we got a hoe. Okay, you're gonna be hoeing a lot. Again, all four of you gonna be hoeing a lot and chopping wood and pulling security. What are you gonna sleep? Dang. <laughs> you know, like it's meth is a hell of a drug. It, it is not going to work the way they think it's going to work. You know? Now, granted, I will give him credit that Lisa's house was kind of semi-secluded. That'll help a little. But it has drawbacks as well. Right? Because it's isolated. <laughs> it's isolated. Right? You can't... And, like, you have trees and stuff that's going to obscure your vision. You're not going to be able to see as far. You know? Like, watch is going to be more difficult. And then, I'm sorry. And I even told him this flat out. I was like, one night. It just takes me, 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 one <laughs> night, and you lose it all. Pretty much. You know, I just wait till the dark comes up, and I go and, like, the, the three who aren't on watch are done. The one on watch, then is done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's not, it's not that hard. So. Well, on that, if you have tractor trailers surrounding your property, unless you've got some massive tower right in the middle, everything around your ship for like 100 200 yards is this dead space <laughs> yes <laughs> not a good thing and then if you just park tractor trailer, i can just crawl underneath it <laughs> unless you flip it <laughs> exactly which then you're going to crush the trailer <laughs> and it's useless you know like and again it's, it's that kind of thinking like he, oh he's gonna he's gonna fill sandbags and put them underneath the tractor trailer all oh. four people are gonna fill Fifty thousand sandbags <laughs> to surround the property. <laughs> At least one sandbag wall thick, up to the bottom height of the bottom deck of a tractor trailer, and he's going to do it with a fucking shovel. <laughs> I see this as an absolute win. So why the the random pair are out there stealing <laughs> semi trailers? <laughs> They're going to be filling sandbags. <laughs> and of course, all this happens in a vacuum because nobody else is doing anything. <laughs> yeah, this is. There's nobody out. What do you think it's going to take? Well, it took me about 30 seconds to fill this sand bed. We should be done by next month. <laughs> if we don't stop. <laughs> the dudes that sound cheaper in dirt just click an add to cart to some Hesco barriers. <laughs> That's great. You got the Hesco barriers. How are you going to fill them? I'm going to use my tractor. Which tractor? The one I ordered. <laughs> Might as well go get himself a surplus on VY. <laughs> He can spend the rest of his free time fixing it. <laughs> like I said, guy's not a bad guy or anything like that. He just does not comprehend the level of how much it would suck. Yeah. You know, and I only have, like, a passing understanding of how much it's going to suck if that happens. You know? Because I've been in a shithole war-torn country, and I know how much it sucks. I've had to fill sandbags, and I've had to stand post. You know? And when you think about standing post, and it was three watches a day. You know, you get three squads in, in your platoon, one squad on at a time. So 30% watch all the time. Like, where the hell are you going to get the time doing, like, even a 25% watch to start doing all the other stuff? Yeah, that was chores. Taken, yeah, that was taken care of for us because we're in the military and we don't have to worry about that. Like, food gets trucked in, so you open the MRE and you eat it. Yeah. You know, like, the electricity is already taken care of. Like, all these other things that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, now he's got to figure out how he's going to wash his clothes, how he's going to wipe his ass, how he's going to cook his food, how he's going to sleep. 
how he's going to maintain what he has. How he's going to stay warm when it starts getting cold outside. Yeah. How he's going to stay cool when it starts getting hot outside. How's he going to move snow, move dirt. Exactly. Like, there's a whole lot and of stuff. And he's just going to live within this, you know, 300 square meter box. <laughs> or you're going to have to go maintain some kind of a security presence. Exactly. <laughs> outside your, your wire, your outside or, the trailer. like I said, I will show up one night <laughs> and it'll all be over. You know? That's not even counting, like, you know, a group of people who are just running around raiding things. Yeah. You know, three or four people who run, they can be very, very dangerous. Especially if they're high. <laughs> Doesn't have, they don't have to be high. They just have to be marginally proficient at what they're doing. That's it. Throw some meth addicts in there. <laughs> that would be fun. That would, uh, I think that would actually depreciate their ability to be effective. Just because they wouldn't be able to think straight. Debate until they start gnawing your face off. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, the ability to plan is important. But take, like, a fire team's worth of people, four people, right? who can plan effectively, any house, any house, anywhere, done. I don't care what security systems you have. I don't care how well-armed you are. You're done. That, or if you just want people out of the house, you can just burn it down. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Don't even have to enter. Yeah. You know? If you just want to get rid of a potential threat, then either you stay in the house or you're coming out. Well, and there's another thing to think about, too. You know, you got to wake up your relief. Yeah. Because <laughs> you leave at some point your relief is gonna fail to wake up on their own. Yeah. So you're gonna have to walk your happy ass inside the house. When you're inside the house, you're not paying attention anymore. Yeah. And if somebody is paying attention to you and all of a sudden a whole bunch of people walk up to your house and start throwing Molotov cocktails at it, yeah. <laughs> they just got rid of you. Problems. No solved. problems. Or they attack then. You open the door, next thing you know you're you're falling over and hearing loud snaps. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what is this? Why am I bleeding? And then somebody comes running over your dead, your dying carcass, steals your gun, and goes running into your house to take care of the rest of the people. Yeah. You know? Pretty much. How it goes. So, I guess what I'm saying is, if we do have a uh, an event like that, where the world falls apart, um, best to community up. Smart idea. Find like-minded individuals. Oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> that was on purpose. Um, find like-minded individuals. You know, work together, build a community, and keep each other safe. You know, the whole society thing, the, civ- the civilization Community thing, aspect, yeah. it doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Like, you cannot do it all on your own. Because if you try to do it all on your own, a community is going to run up on you and they're going to they're gonna smoke check you. <laughs> so, a village. A small village of good or bad people will run up and they will take you over. It's just the way it's going to be. So, community up. Find like-minded individuals, build yourselves, like, you know, agreements at a bare minimum, you know, actually come up with plans on how you're going to act, actuate something if it goes in the worst-case scenario, and then just be willing and ready to act on those plans when it com- times comes. You know, that's the best you can do. The nukes start falling. I mean, I think we'll be okay out in this area for a while, you know, like we won't get hit with, like, direct hits, I don't think. Probably not. You know? But I can definitely see fallout being a problem and such like that. Um, I'm, I'm reasonably certain that after a couple, two or three weeks, radiation levels won't be as big a deal than far away from the main strike sites. Um, but you're not going to have electricity. You're not going to have, like, a lot of the things that you take for granted today. You're going to go back in the 1800s like that. Wow. I wonder, who, wonder who's been saying that for a while. <laughs> you know? Wait a minute. Like you're gonna have, you're not gonna have access to gasoline like you did before. So whatever you have in the tank at the time is it. That's it. You know. So if you have a quarter tank of gas, that's all you got. And keep in mind, it doesn't last forever. So just because you're like 
being really careful and marshalling it doesn't mean you're going to have that forever. It's it's going to it's going to degrade and it's not going to be effective anymore at some point. So now, how are you going to use it? What are you going to use it for? It starts to roll really, really fast. And it always goes downhill. Also, you will not have Google to answer your questions anymore. <laughs> That's going to hurt. Barnes and Noble people buy a book. You know, you, if you may, if you want to do the ebook thing, fine. Get yourself some solar panels. Learn to charge batteries on your own, because that's going to be the only way you're going to keep those ebooks up and running. Otherwise, hard copies, hard copies of everything that you think is going to be important. You know, um, things that might also be important to have: hose, maybe a plow or two. If you're really lucky, get yourself an ox or a horse or something. But I mean, you really guys are thinking like that far yeah. backwards. It about, was commonplace at one time. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. At the during the, the first Great Depression, and I say the first Great Depression because I think another one is coming. Oh, you know, um, roughly twenty percent of the American population was farmers. Twenty percent. It's less than two percent now. So, think about having like fuel shortages. Think about you know what we were just talking about happen. You know where all of a sudden society just ripped back. Okay. How many of the farmers do you know know how to like farm with a plow, an actual plow, and do it without genetically modified seeds? Around here, probably a fair amount. They're all hobby farmers, though. Small, small, not not as big as they need to be. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that know a lot. Well, I'm saying there's a lot of people that know a lot, but do they have all the stuff that they're going to need? Oh, yeah. Now, are they going to have all that stuff that they're going to need when all the crazy people show up? Are you sure? <laughs> there's a lot of shit in people's groves. Well, I know there's a lot of shit in people's groves. What I'm talking about is when you have something like that happen, you can't expect that it's going to be uh, quiet and peaceful. Right? Once people start coming out of their their homes and start realizing what has happened and what the stakes are now, right, the logical portion of a lot of people who are gonna would, would normally just be like, hey, uh, I help you, you help me, it's not going to be like that. You're going to have people who are going to have starving kids, you know, people who are scared, and they're going to do what they think is going to be best for them at the time. Now, you have a whole bunch of, this is going to be very generalizing, but you have a lot of these hippy-dippy farmer people, right, who are all like, oh, Mother Nature, oh, the beautiful corn plant, you know, these kinds of people. How many of them do you think are armed? Not a large percentage of them. None and, of them. And if they are armed... How many of them know how to employ their arms? Like Very really true. seriously defending themselves. Okay, so now you have a whole bunch of, you know, these, these hippy-dippy people who know how to grow the food but can't defend themselves for anything because they've been practicing growing food, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Just reiterate the whole idea of it's easier to be a warrior in a, a garden than a gardener in a war, right? But then you have all these crazy people who are, you know, scared, don't ha- know what to do, and they show up at this guy's house. Because they know this guy gardens a lot. He's going to get your shit rocked. He's going to get him shit rocked. He has food. They don't care that he can grow food later next year. Because they don't have food now. Terrible idea. They're going to need that guy. <laughs> exactly. And they will kill that guy to get his food. Or they'll steal all his food and he'll starve to death. And then they all starve to death. So then you don't have that resource anymore. It will happen. It will happen. The dying off after the war, after a nuclear war, is not going to be 
radiation poisoning. It's going to be starvation. And Pretty be much. Starvation because people didn't prepare, and they'll kill the people who did to try to get the stuff that the people who prepared hoarded. You were right last week. This is going to get dark today. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. You know? And I'm just trying to be honest with people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too honest. So, with that being said, if you are a hippy-tippy farmer and you are listening to this, I suggest you buy yourself a good, solid semi-automatic rifle, 20 or 30 magazines, three or 4,000 rounds of ammunition, and you learn how to use that puppy. Then you find people like me who also know how to use these kinds of things and will be willing to trade skills, you know, or and services labor. and labor and all that fun stuff, you know, and then you form a community. Takes a village. I didn't just say it for no reason. Exactly. And then you start prioritizing, like, people. Certain people are going to be more valuable than others. The farmer guy is really freaking important in that instance. If anybody dies last, it is him. You know, the farmer people. They're important. They get protected. You know, next group of people that's really super important, probably the kids, right next to your middle-aged people. Because your middle-aged people are going to be able to do the most work. Pretty much. And fight the hardest if need be. Right? Like, and this is sound really, really Darwinian. But, like, your old people are down at the bottom of, you know, what's important. And it's not because they're not important. What's important there is what they have in their head. They may have skills and drills and memories and stuff like that that you can tap. But they can't move fast. They can't defend. They can't work. They don't have the potential to grow younger to do this. Whereas the people who are younger can grow older to do this stuff. So what they should be doing is imparting everything they possibly can. <laughs> in or they croak. Everyone around them. That's where how it would be. And if you had to start sacrificing people, olds first. Harsh reality. Mm-hmm darkness just put that light on. no because i know this power of the computer we can't do that because oh, yeah. <laughs> like this light and that cord are on the same fuse ah. the same line it's a bad setup but it's uh what i can manage bit. at the time <laughs> if i was smarter we'd have this whole thing flipped around and i'd be plugged in on that one over there because that is free <laughs> i have to remember that next week i think <laughs> now that i'm thinking harder and oh that's why you never want me to flip the light on Yes. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I was gonna, okay. Well, that, and I don't want you shocking yourself to death on that, that dangly thing right that there. doesn't matter. If you're going fat, like, <clears throat> that's okay. Random question to bring us up out of the darkness. If you see something that is electrified, right, but the only way to stop it from burning everything down is to shut it off, but you have to touch it to shut it off, and in so doing will be electrocuted. If you swipe your hand, will momentum carry your hand through the bing? Or will all of a sudden your muscles just seize up and you'll be stuck there and, like, die? No idea. I'm not 100% sure either. I want to say that momentum is going to carry your hand through. And you'll be able to flip a switch and you'll be okay. But you might be fucked. <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of amperage, you're screwed. Well, yeah, you're going to be in trouble anyway. But most of the time your switches aren't conductive. Well, no, they're not. But there may be a wire or something sitting next to it that you may end up touching. That's yeah, a poorly executed switch. <laughs> This is why we have safety inspections. And Do you, you see sir, that thing? You, sir, are in violation of a lot of housing code. <laughs> well, once it warms up, that whole panel of drywall is coming off, you know, and then I'll have a light down here. That'll be, like, battery-powered, obviously. And then I'll redo the whole thing, but... 
complacency kills. <laughs> I'm not complacent about it. I pay attention to it every single time I have it on. <laughs> like I pay attention. Don't worry. We had a we had one socket that was actually starting to catch fire. Nice. Yeah. Like the my wife bought one of those electric fireplace things. No. Made in China. Really shitty, but you know, does a job. And uh it went out. She's like, so she went over and she tried, it wasn't working, you know, and I'm looking at it, I was like, hey, babe, does, does that look kind of burnt to you? She goes over and she's like, it does. So we unplugged it and I changed it the next day and like the whole one side was black. Nice. Like it was about ready to start on fire. Huge fan. Not really, no, I don't really like that idea. So <clears throat> I may have to actually start going through the house and looking at fuses and stuff like that, pulling them out, or, you know, like plugs, outlets and stuff, start looking at them and seeing if I got anything that's about ready to spontaneously combust yeah that's always a good idea yeah did have a lamp that almost burned our house down once okay yeah no it would have been really bad and like it was one of the it just freak thing actually because it was the one my, my my wife's side of the bed and she turned it on before she'd you know go turn off the main light so she can go and shower yeah. come back and then she'd have a light to see by and she turned it on and i happened to be in the bedroom i turned around and i started saw it starting to go at the switch like getting ready to just go and burst into flames. So I reached over, unplugged it. I was like, okay, that's that's going away. <laughs> shit. Yeah. But the thing is, you'd had it for like five or six years. Huh. You know? Cheap Chinese junk. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyways, I think we're getting really bad rambling yeah. phase. We're in the home wiring portion. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> this is where you know we've totally lost track of what we want to talk about. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Um, with the whole idea of getting involved at the bottom up and getting involved in local elections, a lot of fun jazz. I want to hear what people have to say about that. Um, also, do you like the idea of me trying to get people on and actually have interviews? I think I do. I do. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Go for it. I'm going to try for it. The worst that happens is it doesn't happen. Or the worst that happens is it happens and I get a lot of interviews but no views. Which I think you're bound to get some with big name titles. Maybe, maybe. Try for this Kendall Qualls guy, maybe. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of really quick, when I was sitting at the uh, the thing, you know, uh, he actually came in and he gave a little talk, you know, and dude's a former artillery officer, yeah. right? And he's like talking about how, you know, when I was in the Army, they told us that we we always doing like three things, move, shoot, communicate. You know, and I think we've been really complacent. We need, we've been on the defensive for a really long time, and we need to get back on the offensive. You know, it's that kind of mentality. Plus, homeschooled five kids. Yeah. Come on now. So, anyways, I'm kind of sold on him at the moment. i got to look at the other candidates, obviously. Yeah, I didn't know he was running. He didn't mention that when I was, or when I last heard him speak, so. Yeah. That was probably close to, like, eight, nine months ago, so. Uh, I don't think he was in the race at that time. Yeah. But, no, nah, he's definitely, I think, definitely somebody people should look at. Kendall Qualls, if you're in Minnesota. Uh, he's running for a governor. Um, we're looking at the other guys, too. Scott Jensen and all the other people who are also running. See what we get. Anyways, this is Battle Spectre. This is K-Dog. And we are going to sign off for the night. Have a great one. Well, that's the end. A wrap, they might say. We're done and ready to do, you, you know, get on with our day. I hope you enjoyed the time and found it at the very least informative. If you'd like to support our efforts, follow the links in the description to the Subscribestar page. Go to the blog and read the associated posts. Share them with your friends. Help me build my media empire. I mean, uh, help me pay K-Dog for his time dude needs gas just like the rest of us plus it'd be cool to pay someone for their time with something other than spare shotgun reloading stuff anyway 
Music produced by Tony Cordes. You can hit him up in the links, support his work, and buy his music. Until next time, Battle Spectre, out. <laughs>